January 12, 2023, it's the Watt for Pedro Show. Zomer vorig jaar formeerde hij een eigen kwartet en hij ging er ook zo praansaaks in spelen. Waarom? When I started the group, I planned to use a quartet, and I thought that maybe having another instrument might get add a little, uh, you know, make it, it was a little variety in the sound of the thing, you know, and uh, extend also the uh, repertoire, you know. Like there are certain tunes that I do on soprano that I do on tenor, just because it's the way of the sound, you know, of the instrument.
Watch for Pedro Show. Happy Thursday. Start off the show with John Coltrane uh, doing, uh, well, he's talking to Michael DeRoyder on November 19, 1961, about having a quartet versus having a quintet. Speaking of which, Mr. Adolfi, <laughs> I think, in that, that Europe tour. Got a lot of booze, motherfuckers. And after that, we had Kid Kong going to Pink Monkey Birds with Chandelier. Shandy, beautiful cat, man. Beautiful cat. I last saw him in uh, Vienna. It was just so good to see him again. And uh, just tragic. Too, took too too soon. Beautiful, beautiful cat. So thank you for making a song there, Kid. Kid, welcome aboard. Yeah. People from the those Estonian software engineers with their Skype uh, invention, I got with me, Kid Congo Power. And, and you're talking to me from Zona. Is it Tucson? Yeah, Tucson. All right, Tucson. Tucson. <laughs> Actually, the old town, right? Because Phoenix kind of new kid on the block. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's the big city. Right, right. <laughs> right. Upstart. Uh, yes. <laughs> so uh, please bring, if you would, your earliest musical memory. Oh, my earliest musical memory? Oh, be because my older sisters had records. Um, you know, I'm, I'm the youngest of, of my family. So I had two older sisters who, you know, when I was probably still one or three years old, one to three years old, I remember their records because I loved playing with them. I liked the songs. I remember my sister had um, short shorts, who wears short shorts, that <laughs> yeah, song, that. and that was my, my jam then. <laughs> but I remember I could know all of her different records by um, the color of the records, of the labels. Like I couldn't read, I was too young to read, but I could pick out the songs because I recognized the color of the records that she would play. And I'd look at it and go like, okay, well that's the Righteous Brothers or whatever, you know. Right, right. Kid, you're talking 45s? Yeah, 45s. So are we talking little hole or big hole? Uh, what we're, we're, we're talking big hole. Right, like for jukeboxes. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah okay. I was born in the 50s. Yeah, yeah, I was born in 57. So my first record was a big hole 45. It was American Woman. And actually, I bought it at the drug, uh, Thrifty at the drugstore. Oh, yeah, yeah. Actually, the well, the first record I bought with my own like allowance money or whatever uh, my, was uh, Ruby Tuesday. Rolling Stones. Rolling Stones, yeah. yeah. And I bought that at a drugstore, too. Yeah, people don't know that music was kind of trippier done in the uh, less younger days. Yeah. Uh, what now? I know you don't get on the guitar until like way later. So, yeah. but can I ask you about school? Were you in the marching band or choir, or shit like that? None of that. You know, as okay. a matter of fact, I had I had uh, choir trauma because they wouldn't let me in the choir because I didn't sing good enough, and uh, and they told me like, oh no, no, you, you'd be better, whatever. You know, yeah, counting, I got told that with the clarinet in count, seventh count, grade. Count, count, counting pencils, you know, um, and, and so there was uh, a, a bit of like not wanting to try for a while after that. Yeah, Until, talk course. about taking the wind out of your sails. Mr. Luna, yeah. the music teacher in seventh grade here in Pedro, he told me, why you try hard, but you got to stop wasting your time and my time. And they looked at the class, our time. <laughs> so thank God for D Boone, because that's how I stayed in music. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was a, what do you call it? A, a, a flame quencher. It got quenched. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. for sure. So what about the first gig you saw, kid? Live gig. Live gig. I think the first concert I ever went to was uh, seeing Frank Zappa at the Hollywood Bowl 
with the, the doors uh, without Jim Morrison after Jim Morrison died. I've read about that nothing. gig. Yeah, yeah, I've yeah. read about that gig. Three man doors. Had, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but they didn't go over so well, the doors, uh, without Jim. But yeah. Zappa and Tim Buckley were great. Yeah. Oh, and Tim Buckley, he was a tripper. I got to know yeah. his son, Jeff, a little bit. He was sweet, oh, yeah, sweet yeah. kid. I met yeah. Jeff, too, yeah. Beautiful yeah. cat. And his voice yeah, was yeah, beautiful, yeah. kind of like little Jimmy Scott. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, yeah. I remember the first time I saw him, my band, I had a band called Congo Norvell in the 90s. Oh, yeah, I remember. Yeah, and we uh, were doing a, a residency at La Luna Park in West Oh, Hollywood. yeah, Pierre. Yeah, Pierre's place. Um, and and also it was Jeff Lassa Buckley. before that right yeah and speaking of yeah, Lassa, Lassa. Uh, Doug Knott the lawyer guy who used to do poet things we just lost him oh yeah oh yeah. I'm sorry to hear yeah yeah oh man I saw him a couple of years ago at a poet thing at uh, Beyond Baroque in Venice yeah yeah but I remember Those he'd do great. a lot of stuff there so what happened at this gig oh so yeah so so also uh, Jeff Buckley was also doing a residency in another room and I saw him and I just remember he had this furry like kind of white like wasn't monkey fur but looked like a monkey fur coat on and he was singing just with a guitar no band and he was singing doing respect by aretha franklin and it was like my hair stood off on end yeah. it was like amazing he, like, he was he good was friends with uh he was good friends with the fishbone guys yeah, 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 yeah. He was around. Yeah, yeah he was a really, beautiful he was, guy. He was local, local guy. Now, the first yeah. gig I saw, first concert, me, me and D, I went with D Boone. His daddy took us. Was T Rex here at the Long Beach Auditorium? Oh wow! 1973. Wow. We were 14 years old. <laughs> it's it's tore down. It's where they did all those Don Kirshner filmings, and now it's the Long Beach Opera. Uh, so oh yeah, 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 yeah. The, was that the Long Beach Arena? No, it was called the. Lo that's still there, but Long that's Beach Auditorium. Okay, yeah, I don't know that one. Yeah, they tore down. It was on Ocean Boulevard. It was right near. And it was an older type place. Maybe held a couple thousand for, for Arena Rock. It was kind of smaller. You know, it still wasn't a club, though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, fan clubs. You know a little <laughs> bit about fan clubs, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I've, I've, I've run a few. But, but that's but, still but, that's but, still about but, music, right? It's still about music, even though you ain't well, on an well, instrument. Well, that was the thing. You know, before I was playing music, I just knew I want to be in music. I'm going to be in music. Music is my life. Magazines are my roadmap. And um, I was reading Rock Scene magazine, and I heard looked at a picture of this band called the Ramones who didn't even have a record out yet or anything. Uh -huh. And I thought that band looks amazing. They're like, like not, they don't look like any other band. And they just, I don't know. It just, I was like, I know this is going to sound great. So when they're, yeah, but album, you ain't heard them. It was just the look at first, right? Yeah. That's the, the way, that's the way magazines <laughs> were though. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, and I think it was Danny Fields. who was kind of at the oh, helm. Danny, yeah. Of that. Yeah. Cool people. Yeah. So, uh, you know, he knew what, what to do. and He sang um, the Stooges. <laughs> exactly. He, he knows what to do. <laughs> and, um, and and so he... Um, you know, there was a documentary that came out a couple of years ago called Danny Oh, yeah, 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 my friend Brendan Toller made... Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, Brendan Toller. Yeah, okay. yeah, I, yeah. I, I dug it big time, and I got a few times to be interviewed by Danny, a beautiful cat. Yeah, yeah, he's great. So great, and 
I have a, I just released a book and he gave me great pictures to use. Your, yeah, your book is bitching. Much respect. Uh, thank you, my friend. Thank you. So, so what happened? Okay, so you see the okay, Ramones. So, so I saw the Ramones. Then I went to the Music Plus. The Music day Plus, I, I heard remember. it was going to come out. I heard it was going to come out in the San Gabriel Valley somewhere. Yeah. And, um, and I w- was waiting in line because I thought, oh, this is going to get sold out. There's going to be a million people waiting to get this record. And, of course, I was the only person. <laughs> but I got I got one of the three copies the record store probably ordered. <laughs> you know, but I was a fan, you know. Before I even heard it, I was a fan. Then I heard it, and then I lost my mind. And um, You know, I, got, I had to learn that whole album. You know, yeah, uh, yeah. Mickey Mickey uh, puts on a, a fundraiser for Joey for lymphoma right at the. Uh, oh yeah, I th- it used to be called the Ritz. I think it's Webster Hall now. So he had me and uh, Clem Burke be the rhythm section. So oh, Clem. Clem now he lives in the Studio City. He lives in the Val, instead of New Jersey. And he came down a couple times a week to Pedro here to prac with me for a month and a half, and we learned that baby note for note. <laughs> and then went to New York City to do the gig, and Cheetah Chrome was supposed to be the guitar man. He didn't yeah. learn that. He thought he was going to jam through this stuff. Oh man! No luckily, way. luckily that's a some, young man. That's, that, that's some precision stuff. Yeah, he. he you know, on. I know he felt bad about it. He felt like what a fucking idiot. But if there was yeah. a young man there on stage who did know every song, so he could yeah. be there with us. Uh, and, and it worked out okay. And Clem, because yeah. he, he did two Ramones gigs, they even gave him a name. He was Elvis Ramone. Elvis Ramone. And he had the leather jacket, and he fit in there, and he zipped it up all the way, did the gig. Much respect, yeah. Bert. <laughs> yeah. Because people, listeners, there's a tie-in with Clem's band, too, with uh, Kid and Jeffrey. We're going to get to that a little later. Yeah. Uh, as far as, like, fan clubs, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. So so anyway, the Ramones started to come and play in the L.A. area, and they played every nook and cranny, yep. every club. They went up and down the coasts, and uh, I'm sure they did it all over the country, but they played everywhere. Yep. And then, so, you know, so if they're going to play at the Golden Bear. Right, and Orange Beach, County. Yeah, we, we were going to go. They played... Uh, opening of some weird circus I, I went to. Uh, like they, they just played everywhere. Who was their played, road boss? Uh, Monty? I think it was Monty already. Yeah. yeah. Then yeah. And and um and you know, and so I thought these same people are going to see the Ramones at every gig. I see the same group of people, like all a bunch of like crazy different kinds of people. Then I thought and we all started like exchanging phone numbers because there's no internet or any, anything or phones and right. like writing to each other, sending postcards about what was going on. And I thought, well, why don't I just start a fanzine that gives all the news to all these, this group of people right. and that became the Ramones fan club, the wow. West coast, West coast. Unofficial so not just California club. chapter, but West coast chapter. Exactly. Wow. <laughs> like the port side. Yes, exactly. Okay, look, you gave me this music here, some more uh, Pink Monkey Birds, uh, Coyote Conundrum.
dominant sound is a...
for Pedro show that chunk of music start off with Kid Kong on the pink monkey birds doing coyote conundrum 
which is like a hard problem to solve. Maybe just trying to help listeners out there, kid. Then we had brand new from the Long Twins, Real Smoke, Darian Gray with Movement for Catherine Dunham. Uh, L7, now this ain't the SoCal, the ladies, but it was fronted by a woman in Detroit. And she, her name was Larissa. She ended up having a band called Laughing Hyenas with uh, John, mm -hmm. the singer of, uh, oh, De Detroit. Yeah, what were they called? Uh, anyway, yeah, Alzheimer's wins for now. Just for oh, now. Yes. I'll, I'll get it back. Uh, then we had uh, Puppet Midnight out of England with Don't Fly Too Close to the Sun Like Icarus or the Wax on Your Wings Will Melt. <laughs> okay. Uh, from Japan, we have Orc with Hit Song. I mean, what else are you going to call it, right? It's like calling your band the pop group. Yeah. <laughs> Victoria Shen with part three of eight of her piece, Red Brass. She's in uh, Norway right now at a big festival. Uh, speaking of pop group, Mark Stewart with Lampredanto on the run, Wasting Thrax. That's him and an Italian cat uh, doing a collab. Uh, Bob oh. Pollard. Guy by voices, it's every other month, so he's got another album, right? This <laughs> cat. Prolific. <laughs> and this is Mad River Man. And Spice Pistols with their brand new record. Uh, Stop, a tune called I guess they, 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 they cover uh, Spice Girls or something. I, I don't know. Maybe reimagine or repurpose. <laughs> and then finally, Kid Congo, Punk Pete Monkey Birds with great fucking Harry Nilsson cover. Jump into the fire. I love it. I mean, the original one, right? It's got uh, Jim Gordon doing a crazy-ass drum solo. But oh, Herbie yeah. Flowers on the bass, since the song's in D, he tunes down to do the solo. You yes. know, why the tape's rolling. <laughs> then when he's done, he tunes back up. Uh-huh, uh, dude, you hear it. Boom, 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 Yeah, right, right. Boom, 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 boom. And I don't know if you people know, but Herbie Flowers is actually playing two basses on Lou Reed's Walk on the Wild Side. He's playing a stand-up oh, wow. and an electric. One's oh, glisten yeah. up and one's glisten down. It's so econo yeah. with the tenth chord. Yeah. Amazing. Not to get all muso on you. I did see Mahavishnu <laughs> Orchestra play once, and probably the only thing close to fusion I, I thought was kind of trippy. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. As long as it's tripping. Yeah, as long I'm as good. it's tripping. Now, now, there was a whiskey gig, right? And you get asked to play guitar. Yeah, I was play. I was we were, I was gonna go see Para Ubu on their modern dance tour. The, the that's first the record. gig me D Boone New Georgia saw. And I, I found out later from Tony Mamoni, the bass player, that the drummer man Scott Krause forgot where he parked the boat. <laughs> the man, and speaking of uh, boats, uh, yesterday my boat. 18 years of gigs and tours, she got donated. Somebody stole her. Oh, no. That yeah, happens. Happened to my base with the Stooges, too, so I'm philosophical about it. But, uh, oh, man. I was yeah. at that gig. That gig was so heavy. David Thomas with a hammer, people a claw yeah. hammer, and a railroad spike for Cowbell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it was so tell amazing. Me about this gig. And that's where I met Jeffrey Lee Pierce in line for the show. And then we, you know, saw the show and. Our minds were blown to smithereens, and um, and then after he's like, "You should be in a band. Be in, be in a band with me." And I was like, "Well, I don't play anything." And he's like, "Well, that doesn't matter. You're just someone who should be in a band." So I thought, "Well, if this guy thinks I should be in a band, I guess I should be in a band." Yeah, <laughs> and that was the start of it all. <laughs> he gave you the geo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, all I needed was for someone to believe in me. And Absolutely. I was like, all right, you know, all right, trip I'm going. <laughs> now I'm thinking of David. I'm also thinking of Alan Ravenstein because it's the first time I oh, yeah. saw a synthesizer player with no keyboard. It was just two boxes on a table. 
Oh yeah, that was amazing. Yeah, that was and the sound and the sounds. Yeah, it was incredible. Yeah. Incredible interpretation of the the stories, you know, and the lyrics. Right. For example, like street mm -hmm. waves, you can hear the street. You hear the street waves. Right. <laughs> you understand what street waves is. Right. And in that <laughs> middle part of fucking modern dance, it sounds like you're in a mall going up the weirdest fucking escalator. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that air solo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> air solo. So trippy. So so what do you and you and Jeffrey do a prac? And you, where, where, where do you get your first guitar? Yeah, well, Jeffrey had one, yeah, himself, because he's a guitar player, right. too. And, Actually, uh, you know that, where I know him is from... Uh, Kick Boys magazine, he's ranking Jeffrey Pierce. Oh, yeah, yeah, he did the reggae uh, reviews of the reggae. <laughs> reggae. And I actually knew him a bit because I was working at Bomp Records, Greg Shaw's, Greg, Greg and Susie Shaw's shop yeah. in, in North Hollywood. I love that and, last record, She Don't Know Why I'm Here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and, they, and, and so Jeffrey would come in because they had all the reggae 12-inch imports and stuff. And then so later on, Henry and Joseph with uh, Vinyl Fetish. Exactly. That was a great record store. Yeah, great yeah. People. Great people. And I knew them from the earliest. They were in the Ramones fan club. Oh, were they? They yeah. were great cats, man. That was the only reason Melrose was happening. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, um, but, um, so yeah, so that was it. I got that guitar, Jeffrey. And then my friend, M.L. Compton, I don't know if you know him, um, but he he had this guitar and he decided he wasn't going to play it. And it was some Rickenbacker um, kind of prototype that a friend had given him that never got made. There was another one because Pat Smear. I was going to just Pat say, was, Pat Smear Pat, played a weird-ass Rickenbacker he, he, in the it was, it was the exact same guitar. and oh, wow. uh, And I, I don't think there was ever really manufactured Maybe you know what Pat got edition. into? Pat got into Hagstrom's. He has like 70 yeah. or 80 of them. <laughs> I love that yeah. guy, man. It happens, happens to the best of us. <laughs> can, can you tell me, can you remember the first prac you did with Jeffrey? Yeah, at his mother's living room. or his mother, Maybe it was the garage that was turned into a room. And um, yeah, and it was me and Jeffrey and a drummer named Brad Dunning, who was as new to drums as I was to guitar, and uh, and Don Snowden, who was ah, the writer. Writer. writer, yeah, yeah. So Don Snowden was the original bass player from the the Gun Club, who we were called then the Creeping Ritual before we got the Gun Club moniker. But our first practices were, yeah, were that, and it was a, a Jeffrey had songs. And, Is that what you and, did? The first thing you did was one of Jeffrey's songs. One of Jeffrey's songs, and I first uh, heard first recording was off that Urinals record compilation, uh, so, something in the woods, Devil in the Woods. Devil in the Woods, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then, then they the, the, were you in the version of the Gun Club that played the Fleetwood? I played at the Fleetwood. Yeah, because the people there was yeah. a hardcore like venue in a. Hermosa Beach here, and that's where yeah. I first saw Gun Club. I thought that was well, you. I thought because that, that was the, the 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 we got those gigs because Jeffrey and Keith Morris were really tight. Oh, ah, okay. And so Keith invited us on a bunch of bills with okay. them, you know, and uh, 
you know, uh, uh, their audience, though, didn't really care. Oh, no. (laughs) They were so young, you know, and it was weird. Hollywood people, anything south of Melrose was the beach. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, But, you know, but Keith dug it so much, you know, and, you know, the story is that Keith gave us the name, the gun club. He's like, change your name to the gun club. And then, uh, and then uh, Jeffrey gave him the song Group Sex. Jeffrey wrote that song. Oh, is that right? And that became, wow. and that became the, ti- the title of song, the record. title of the first record. Yeah. The first you know album. what? I played a club in Belgrade, Serbia called the Gun Club, and it was actually a target practice pad when it wasn't. I, uh, I, I played at that place. Okay, you know, yeah. behind the stage is where all the bullets go. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, we're at the end of the first hour of January 12, right. 2023. Edition Show special guest, Kid. Congo Powers, hold tight for hour two. January 12, 2023, it's the second hour of the Watt for Pedro Show.
Yeah. 
Pedro Show start off the second hour with Can't Find My Mind. Incredible cramps. I remember the Stooges, first time the Stooges played, you know, they only played in England once during that Rob Power thing. So when they got back together in 2003, Coachella, and then later that summer went over to Spain as a bass part, and it was with the cramps. And I remember Lux and Ivy watching the whole gig on the starboard side there, man. And they were beautiful. And somehow Lux broke a half-gallon vodka bottle over his head without knocking his shit out. Oh, wow. <laughs> I don't know how he did that. But <laughs> I, I might and, and Spike Heels, too. Incredible. Yeah, exactly. Hey, you Actually, know, I saw, I saw those Stooges shows. I saw the one in New Jersey. It was maybe the second one. Wow. Yeah, I remember that one. Okay. And that was amazing. And I will tell you, I was in the audience, and there, I was by these kind of hairy biker looking group of people, men and women. And uh they were like losing their shit, you know. <laughs> losing it. And I was like, wow, they were there the first time this happened. Yeah, right. It was round <laughs> and two. Like, and they are, you know, in, in their it's amazing. I mean I was losing my shit. Yeah. You hear shit, I was losing my fucking shit and I, know, I had to keep it together. I, I had to keep it together. You hear Ron Ashton's guitar and you just go, holy yeah. fuck. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, that's, it. that's it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. Anyway, and you were great. You were great. You were. It was such a mind blow for me. Every one of those gigs, I thought I owed those it's cats everything I had. I, I, we wouldn't have had a movement without those people. No, no joke. No joke. Uh, after cramps, we had cool. Almighty Op with Save the Breath to Cool Your Coffee. Uh, Neville Tune out of, well, he shares time between Brazil and Italy with uh, Aradiar. Uh, Death Tape Super Bass out of Milwaukee with Driven to Drill. Fluke with Fat Law. And finally, something live from the gun club. Walking with the Beast. Do you remember the first Gun Club gig? Yeah, I remember very well. It was at the Hong Kong Cafe. Ah, in I saw LA, Chinatown. Yep. <laughs> and uh, we played with the Blasters. Ah, okay. And, um, and, and there was a... Because Jeffrey was friendly with Dave Alvin, who was doing all the booking for the Blasters. Yeah. And he, he found... He, I guess he found out the Blasters had a gig. And then he called Dave up and said... Well, the Hong Kong Cafe told us we have that night for the gig, <laughs> and, and, like, and so he's like, "So you gotta, you know, you gotta pony up and like, yeah, let That's us on. You're, you're, you're stealing our gig." So I said, "That's peak Jeffrey, like perfect Jeffrey, the first ever gig, having all of that <laughs> tenacity." To... Right. I think the doorman was uh, Carlos Catarlos. Mm. Right, right. Yeah, and, and what was and what was the last gun club gig you did? The last um, was at um, it was a I can like probably ninety six, uh, and it was at the what is now the Palace, the Hollywood Palace. Was that what's... I think they called Avalon now. Yeah, across from the Capitol Avalon. building on Vine. Across from the Capitol building, from the Capitol swap meet, record swap. Right, meet. Don Bones. And, yeah, and. Uh, <laughs> But it was a, a benefit put on by Pleasant Gay Men and the Ringling Sisters. She does this yearly uh, charity thing, or she was at the time. And uh, and so they we played there. And uh, we had played once before, maybe six or eight months before, uh, at the Viper Room, you know. Uh, Jeffrey what was that called? Central, right? 
Yeah, the Central. Right, yeah. Chucky, exactly. uh, goddamn Chucky liars, guys. always played there, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, all the time. Oh, and uh, so th- that was the last. But then I thought, you know, I was thinking, like, wow, I played the first ever Gun Club show, and I played the last ever Gun Club. Also, oh, it was for the band too. Okay, because I remember yeah. what happened. The last time I, a few times I saw Jeffrey, he was hanging out there. Kim White was like managing it or something. Yeah. He'd go there. He yeah, taught yeah. himself. Ja- he was rapping in Japanese. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> Japanese. Yeah, Japanese. <laughs> okay, so then you go to the Cramps. Yeah, so like in between all of that, yeah, I was in the Cramps. Right, uh, right. In between, that's after, what I meant. After the Fleetwood gig, so. Right. <laughs> And uh, so I went there and... Uh, now, how'd that happen? You you got asked, right? God knows God knows how that happened. You didn't you know, voice. Uh, you got asked, right? Yeah, yeah. I was their super fan, of course. And I'd seen them in New York. And uh-huh. I went with some L.A. punks. We got on the Greyhound bus and, uh, and, uh, and said, we can't be left out of the CBGB thing. And we were, so we get, went and we saw the cramps. And how long does a Greyhound take to get from... SoCal to New York City. Three days. Three days. <laughs> Three days. Oh, and uh, you can read about the whole story of my book. It was yes, quite yes, a journey. Yes. Okay, I, quite a yeah. journey in 1977 or 8 or whatever it was. Yeah, and, and uh, I remember <laughs> the Screamers played uh, a gig. Like hardly any SoCal gig bands went. You know, Black Flag was really the first band to start touring. So yeah. a lot of bands, but but Screamers did some loft gig in New York City. Yeah, they played in they played at Hurrah and at some loft party. Yeah, they were toast of the town as they were in right. L.A. You know, um, they, had, they had that magical quality and they had the goods. Yeah, absolutely, I, I love that band, man. I love yeah. that. Band. Look, I want to play uh, this near death experience. I don't really know about this prize so much. All right, we're gonna do another song. Featuring Edwina on vocal. And we know that she doesn't like it.
what was the first words I said And why did I say them Mama, you know cause you melted my bones and my veins I see you late at night when I dream Magma, you are my warm blanket that leaves me when I wake
we're gonna take a trip. You ready to take a trip? Yeah. And we're gonna take a trip to a place called LSDC.
Thank you. So and so we uh, so I I went to Australia and we use and this the near death experience is actually Harry Howard the brother of Roland S Howard from the birthday party yeah yeah I, did you see the Roxy gig yes wasn't that a trip the, well, well, Roland was there it was only the four man but I remember them doing Stooges loose oh they did loose I remember that yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's the yeah. only time I got to see Birthday Party, but Mick yeah. Harvey had switched to the drums. They got rid of the other, the Phil Kelly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that was a, yeah, a seminal gig to see in L.A. So you're telling yeah. me that uh, Near Death Experience only existed for that Australia tour? No, no, they have it. It's a band. It's Harry Howard, Harry Rowland's oh, brother. Oh, they already had a band. You you joined an yeah. existing band. And so I just used his band. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay. I, love, I love their records. You should definitely check out their yeah. One of their songs I, I, I put on, on the ones I sent you. Okay, uh, well, let, let, let me tell the people. But the She Doesn't Like It Live, Kid Con Congo, and the Near Death Experience, then Poda from, fuck, there's 15, 20 letters in this. Dusa Semi Cola. Chessive Sina Verdades, maybe. <laughs> La Chakra uh, from uh, with Xavier Castorvieo from Hidden Force Trio and Raul Casesano. This is a Andalus part of Spain. Uh, Donnie Yama was on the show a couple episodes ago. The Sparkling Path. This is uh, Alice Bag live on KXA EP up in Portland, July 7, 2017. Chicano Batman with Magma live at Two Sound Recording. Ray Shin with Laugh from the Passenger Seat. And finally, again, Kid Congo and the Near-Death Experience with LSDC, which I'm guessing is an acronym. Um, for I was living in D.C. and I said, oh, if you think, uh, if you think uh, anything's a trip, I will tell you. Living in D.C. <laughs> is a bigger trip. So I thought, right. LSDC. <laughs> Do you remember your first cramps gig? Yeah, I remember it really well. Um, I think there was actually a warm-up gig, which is vague in my mind because I was probably too petrified to remember, uh, which was in New York, I think at maybe at Hurrah or the Ritz. But uh, my first really, the bit, the real one was that we played at the Lyceum in London. Whoa. And and I was I was so afraid. Um, yeah. And, and uh, you know, and I knew like every. I was going to be judged because Brian Gregory. Yeah, yeah. Bit, Do you big, know what happened to scene. him, kid? Well, well, he is. He went on to have a band, Beast, and right. He, I know that, but what happened and, after that? And then, and then that didn't really happen. And then he uh, just was around. I don't know. Actually, I don't know. You know, he was working here and there, doing this and that, and then he passed away. Uh, okay. Some years, some years ago, of a heart condition. Because I've always so. wondered about that, you know, what happened. He just kind of disappeared. I got to record at Sam Phillips Recording Services where they did songs at Lord. Oh, yeah, yeah. With uh, Taff Falco. Yeah. Who yeah, was a be another beautiful still, man. Yeah. He's living in oh, time. Yeah. with Tav. Yeah. I did a tour with him in 2015. Oh, He's, I remember with Larry. Right, Tav. with Larry yeah. Mullins. Right, yeah. right. And Larry produced some, uh, see, he, he had you play guitar on some records he produced, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the oh, French small, small world, people. Oh, yeah. Getting smaller all the time. <laughs> all the time. People, it's uh, end of the second hour, January 12, 2023. Dish Peters, with special guest, Kate Congo Powers. Hold tight for hour three. 
January 12, 2023. It's the third hour of the Watt for Pedro show. <laughs>
Watford Pedro show. Start off the third hour with Kid and Khan. Kid Con, uh, King Khan. Uh, washing machine. Maybe this has something to do with Larry. Because I remember him telling me he had both you guys in the studio. Maybe not at the same time. but Yeah. Okay. This is actually not King Khan. No. That's an electronic uh, musician named Khan. Okay. Who Larry is also very close friends with. Lives in Berlin. Okay. And we, we had... Uh, a, a uh, I played on what I he's a, was a, you know doing music in New York, and I did a voice on one of his records, and we just had a great time. So he just said, "Let's make a whole record," and um, and uh, I just we just wanted to make a record. Actually, it was like, "What would the Cramps be if they were electronic band?" <laughs> I really dig it. So, I'm going to check so, out more. So I didn't it was, know it was, it was great album. because then we thought, "Let's," uh, and and at that point in his world, in the techno world. Bringing a guitar into a techno club was like Satan walking, in, you know. <laughs> and so he loved that, you yeah. know, <laughs> making everyone freak out. Right, right. And, uh, yeah, don't so flush we, the we punch bowl. <laughs> we had a good time, and then we ended up being the band for Julie Cruz. Oh wow! The, the, the unfortunately very late Julie Cruz recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what a wonderful thing that was to. Play those uh, songs. Another her. one gone too young. Oh, way too young. Way yeah. Too Oof. Young. Beautiful. Beautiful. Uh, Sarah uh, Devachi after that with a bas tuva, uh, scrapers. Pardon, pardon my fucked up French. Sorry. Scrapers papers <laughs> with uh, war height. The hammer party with pay the clown, and then something I don't know about Knoxville girls. Any other loving cup? Enlighten me, kid. Okay, the Locksville Girls were a, a great band I, I was in when I moved to New York for a while, and that was um, Jerry Teal, who was in a band called the Honeymoon Killers and the Chrome Cranks. Yeah, right. And also Bob Burt. Yeah, the drummer man. Drummer, drummer from Sonic Youth, Pussy Galore, and playing with John right now, John Spencer. And um, and, and also then, the thing you got with uh, the, the Corey's guy, uh, Oh, the Wolf Manhattan Project. Yeah, with uh, with Mick Collins from Dirt Mick Collins. And that's the his name. All right, I'll, yeah. we're going to play some of that next chunk of music. Yeah, that, that, so that's a new record. That just so Knoxville out. Girls that came together in New York City, and uh, that was in the nineties. Yeah, the the nineties was a nineties thing. Was it your band uh, or did you join? I joined. It was mostly Jerry and and Jack, the guitar player, Jack Martin, and uh -huh. um, and Bob, and uh, and which it was a the concept was uh, country no wave. <laughs> <laughs> but I love Jerry Teal, amazing of, uh, singer, singer from Georgia. And he has an amazing lilt and uh, his voice. And he's just great. Speaking of uh, Hong Kong Cafe, so, I saw DNA there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was that was a trippy no wave, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dope. That was the real no it wave. It wasn't the Robin yeah. one with the organ. It was the one with Tim Wright on bass. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, wow. we, we lost two. You know, yeah. There's a yeah. lot of cats. Okay, yeah. okay, so any other Love & Cup? What, what, did you guys tour? Did you make albums? Well, Yeah, we made a couple albums yeah, on In the Red Records. Uh, okay. my, my home, my home away from home, you know. Uh, it's my, my home for many years, In the Red. Right, Larry right, Hardy. right. Yeah, and um, so, yeah, that was my first time on that label and so, yeah, we made two albums, toured Europe, the States, you know. Well, tell me about good. tell me about Wolf Manhattan Project, since you share members with Bob Burt. 
Yeah, so we got back together with Bob and uh, and Mick. I was just a fan of Mick Hall. I was a fan of the Gorys yeah. and Dirt Bombs. Uh, yeah, great. Dirt Bombs, Ever Loving Man, great song. Oh, amazing. And uh, and I just met him and we hit it off and I said, let's do something. And Well, we she's did. living in Brooklyn now, right? <laughs> yeah, he's living in Brooklyn. He's not in Detroit. And um and so uh, when I would go to New York, we we, we made a thing to record, uh, a plan to record. And so we made one album like 10 years ago. And then uh, and then we made another album now. Is it, <laughs> so, well, uh, you gave me this song, Summer Forever. Is that the new one or the old one? That's the new one. Okay, let's, on let's play that right now. Down the stairs 
music for this edition we started the chunk off with wolf manhattan project and summer forever that's coming on this new record they got coming then thud with like me a moldoman out Baltimore with something live at the true vine record shop july 11 2022 this is called can halen so get get it a little mashup you, you, <laughs> a little pun you take the k if you remove the k people it's called pun rock <laughs> <laughs> okay and then finally Wolf Manhattan Project, like Andrea True. Did you know Andrea True is? It should be she's, True. Yeah. She is the singer of the disco, early disco hit, More, More, More. Yeah, right. Happy Like Your Love. Right. Right. Great, great voice. And so what's going on now? Now, people, I know what's going on now. He's got a broken leg, uh, fell off bicycle. But <laughs> yeah. You, you explain, Ken. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a bike rider, and I did that stupid thing you're not supposed to do. And I was going over the the, the train, the tram tracks right. of the local Tucson tram. And I slipped and fell over and shattered my tibia plateau bone Ooh. which is right below the knee right right is, we, we well, call it the so shin bone the, people the, the one you need to stand up right. so uh, i think howard so, Cole, uh, howard cosell would have said down goes frazier yes <laughs> <laughs> remember that 
Yes. Down goes Frazier. Down goes Frazier. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, what we, happened. We do share a generation. And, yes. and, and so, and you got this book. Tell people about the book. So that I wrote a book called Some New Kind of Kick, um, Hachette Books, uh, co-written with Chris Campion. And um, it is uh, an amazing, an amazing book. No, it is, a, it is a, a probably 12 years of writing, really, uh, taking it slowly and learning how to write, really. You know, yeah. uh, I, I'd only done fanzine writing, and so I, I, you know, took it serious and went to writing classes and workshops and stuff, and just trying to figure out: is there a bigger story than just a list of rock accomplishments? You know, and um, well, I can I ask you: did did you write diaries? I didn't have diaries really. I had to just remember mm, a lot of that's it. tough. <laughs> you know, it was tough, especially if you read the book. Uh, <laughs> I had to do some things that make you not remember. I, I've written. But, 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 I've but read, actually, I, I have. I have read parts, kid, but I'm going to read every, the whole thing. You know, I've read. Okay. I've read Dick Lloyd's in two, three days. I bet you the same thing because they grip me. They grip me. All of a sudden, I'm in the story. Yeah, exactly. Well, that was uh, the thing I said. I'm not going to put any disclaimers. I'm not going to moralize any of it. I just want you to be in my head and in my feelings and that's going to be and go with me. And I said, I'm not just going to write about and everything that I wrote about was formative, you know, and and then I realized when it was and I was like, I only wrote about people who are really important to me and who I love, you know, whether I talk well or not well about, but uh, mostly I talk pretty well about everyone. And uh, but but it's just like, okay, this is kind of, you know. A, a bit of a love letter to my times, really, and, and experience. And because I'm a you know Chicano kid, I was a queer kid. I was a uh, a, a really unconfident person who just picked up a guitar and and made something out of it. You know, so there's you know all of that kind of stuff. I wanted it to be for people who don't have a voice or feel like they have a voice to have one. You know, to say. And I wrote about a bunch of people about people who. People would never know or don't know, and um, you know, and, and so you know, it, it, it's it's it was a weird it was a weird long process. Yeah, but that's <laughs> I'm, beautiful. I'm glad kid. it's out. I think what you did was beautiful because people asked me about the old days. I said it was about people. Exactly. Yeah. Hundred percent, and that's what I wanted that book to be about. There, everyone was not famous. You know, it was, but everyone was important and did amazing things. And uh, and got into a lot of shenanigans, and a lot of it's pretty funny, you know. And a lot of it's you know very, can, can be very harrowing, but um, but in the end, you know, it's about fandom. A lot of it is about my relationship with Jeffrey Lee Pierce. You know, I think we share uh, a thing with you and and T Boone. You know, yeah. like he kind of made me do it really yeah, yeah he he made me do it he believed in me yeah. he didn't no questions asked it just was and and we had a long a long you know we had ups and downs but we had a long relationship and like i said you know i was there for the first gig and i was there for the last gig. it was beautiful you know? And, now, uh, I know you got more music coming, but we ran out of time. So when you get the new music, will you come back on the show and we can play it and talk about it? 100%. Man, beautiful. Thank I'd you so much, you. kid. Keep on keeping on, please. You're a big yeah. inspiration to me. I uh, love you, Watt. Love you back. You People, too. January 12th, 2023 edition of Watt Peter, so keep your powder dry. <laughs>